Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is Cross Training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now here's your host for Cross Training, David Anderson. Hello, you joined us at Catholic Community Media. Uh, I'm your host, David Anderson of Cross Training. This morning we have a very special guest, my brother, Herb Anderson. Uh, we'll go into Herb's uh, background supporting Catholicism in so many different ways. I'd like to thank uh, our new uh, lady at the switches this morning, Mara Lindsay. Uh, she is a Loyola teacher and has volunteered to take Albert DuPont's spot this morning. He had other commitments. And we have Jeff Blackwell making us all sound good back at home studio. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my brother, who some listeners who have heard the show before have heard me mention him. I was lobbying uh, John Blanchard to get him on the wall for the high school Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. The quest, it's a long quest. It's, uh, you know, sometimes people take a while to get into the Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll wait for the votes to come in again next season. Uh, but Herb, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. And uh, if you don't mind, give us a little background <clears throat> about uh, where you went to high school, uh, what you have uh, done in our community. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it. he's Del Sal seventy six uh, class of seventy six. So we got that out the way. <laughs> uh, but tell us a little bit about your work uh, with the Christian Brothers. Uh, and how you got started in that. I actually started him in that, uh, and then he went on all the way up to the top. But he, tell us. <laughs> Thanks, David. And tell us some of the work they're doing. Uh, sure. Um, so uh, as uh, we discussed, you and I both are Dulles Isle graduates, and uh, I transferred around the country quite a bit, but as we moved uh, back to New Orleans, uh, we moved back to New Orleans in 2000 from Chicago, um, both uh, my son and daughter uh, attended De La Salle and uh, since it's uh, co-ed now. Um, so at that time, I'd gotten on the alumni board at De La Salle, and then uh, we moved to uh, Vancouver and moved back from Vancouver in 2010 and became president of the alumni board uh, at that point and then was asked to join the corporate board of uh, De La Salle, New Orleans. And... The, there's a district for the Christian Brothers that goes from San Francisco to New Orleans with 24 schools in that district. And the district is headquartered in Napa. So I was chairman of De La Salle seven years and have since rolled off that board and uh, sit on the board of their school in Santa Fe and still help the Christian Brothers with planning and such. Was out there uh, recently uh, in Napa for their to help them with their five-year planning. Uh, so still very engaged and set other committees that uh, one of the things you did that I always uh, thought was a good move Dallas out when you took over as chairman Dallas out wasn't in a great place uh, and you said guys we need to put some emphasis on football Uh, you know seventh sixth seventh graders who are making the decisions where they're going for eighth and ninth grade sports are a big deal uh, and if you don't have a school that is in in our city that is competitive, it's not as uh, as a desirable school to go. Whether kids play sports or not, they want to be part of something that has a uh, uh, a presence. Well, that's true. I mean, football or sports in general is the front porch of the school. Academics is the strength of the school. Right? Every school has to stand uh, above all on on academics, and so. Uh, the school has strengthened their academics uh, through the years, and it's incredible what they're producing now. Merit semifinalists now. Uh, their new principal is just coming over from uh, Christian Brothers, so uh, very excited about that. 
the president of the school, uh, Paul Kelly, has just done a wonderful job leading that school and enrollments up financially. It's as it's uh, as strong as it's been in forty years. So wow, they're just great. doing terrific. Did you have any uh, state championships while you were chairman? Uh, yeah, they won wrestling uh, state championship. Uh, it was a layup question. Yes, several times, <laughs> yes. Uh, the football team had gotten to the state finals three times, which I've had nothing to do with, by right, the way. Right, but right. Uh, we're, uh, we're excited about that. They've done well in all their sports, in baseball. Basketball's done extremely well. Um, uh, basketball won a state championship. Uh, uh uh, women's volleyball has done unbelievably well. Uh, all the schools, all the sports have done very well. I, one night we were coming home down St. Charles, and there's a big parade coming, and it was the De La Salle alumni, students, the band, the football team going to play Lusher, and they made a walk through it. And it was just, uh, it was so naturally New Orleans just to be stopped by a by a parade. And then when I saw who the parade was, it was really nice. We just got out the car and blew the horn, waved at them, and people cheered them. Uh, it was really nice. It was a three-minute disruption of time, but it was uh, – I would have settled for 15. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> well, this Saturday, there's a big summer party that De La Salle puts on. The alumni put it on, but it's really open to the public. And there's band and food, and it's a lot of fun. It goes on in the gym. Uh, this Saturday, starting at uh, 7 p.m. If you have any uh, questions on it or want to, uh, any, it's open to the public. Anyone can go. Just go to the Dulce Out website. Well, you may get people just wanting to go to get some air conditioning. <laughs> True, but, but the food is from Galatoire's and all the great restaurants around the city donate food for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's spectacular. That, that sounds great. You know, when we think about what Dallas Out did for us, uh, I, I can't even explain to people sometimes the networks that it opened and the uh, when people talk about diversity, we had good diversity there, but more importantly, we had economic diversity that really prepares kids uh, for the real world. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you and I, David, grew up in a three-bedroom, one-bath house. Uh, out in River Ridge, and you know when we uh, we'd come uptown to visit our grandparents and see these big beautiful homes uptown, and then uh, then we were in school with kids whose dads were doctors and lawyers, and it put us in a completely different uh, social circle, which taught us what we could accomplish if we applied ourselves and that. And I think it uh, made a big difference in both of our lives. And so Without I've been question. I've been so appreciative to uh, the Christian Brothers for that, which is why I donate so much of my time uh, to the Christian Brothers. It had a huge impact on my life. And I think most of the, I would say all of the Catholic high schools in New Orleans offer that same opportunity. It doesn't matter where you come from, you are mixing it up with folks from all different stratas of economic uh, levels, and you get exposed. And that's probably one of the better things that people can do for their children. So they're not just you know in the one group that their neighborhood knows, but expands them quite uh, broadly. I remember having a sleepover at Dickie Brennan's house my freshman year, and it was, it was just amazing. I'd never been in a home like that. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but also the religious background of it, I think, kind of reinforces the things uh, that we want to teach our kids and you know all the positives uh, and that it brings to the table. And I think uh, all the Catholic schools in New Orleans do a very, very good job of that. They do, and it's really the core, like you were talking, uh, academics are the the core of the success of a high school. The added ingredient that we have in the Catholic high schools is faith. Uh, You know, you come home, my daughter comes home from Dominican and says, Dad, you know, I want to let you know I have a relationship with Christ. Wow. And it's only a ten thousand dollar tuition. You know, the, the moral fiber and backbone that it creates in students is enormous and you know even today i my two older grandchildren are at christian brothers and so uh they're at christian brothers on canal uh and you know they're coming back and telling me stories and telling me prayers that they've learned and that oh, sort of thing nice. and it's, yeah it's very very sweet i'll bet it is 
And again, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training on Catholic Community Media. We are broadcasting from the Mike Early Studios in the beautiful Loyola uh, Media Center in Uptown New Orleans. We have Mara Lindsay on the switches today and Jeff Blackwell doing the making us all sound good back at home office. Uh, today we have Herb Anderson, my brother, graduate De La Salle, been on the uh, board over there for a long time, just rolled off. Uh, you also do some work with the Episcopalians, uh, <laughs> non-denominational over there at Our, Late, Our Little Roses. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. And if you're interested while we're having this conversation, you can probably go to ourlittleroses.org. Dot org, yes. www.ourlittleroses.org. Uh, um, so when I moved back from Vancouver in 2010, uh, you, David, were on uh, that board. Uh, and uh, if you remember, you and I went down to Honduras mm -hmm. for some meetings in Tegucigalpa, and you said, well, let's just bounce over to San Pedro Sula and just pop in. And uh, David and I did pop in, and it, it's in a terrible area of San Pedro Sula with a 15-foot wall around it with barbed wire and an armed guard at 20 acres, I believe. Uh, so it's a big complex within it and uh they have they have uh anywhere from 65 to 75 uh girls from infants uh through high school and then even after high school some of the girls go to university and now there's a separate area built for those girls but it's basically an orphanage without girls being adopted so the girls stay in and the the premise is that they stay in the community and help other girls uh, in that area and now we've had girls that have become uh, dentists and engineers lawyers and lawyers and so it's been contractors it's been incredible the success uh, uh, Diana Froudy started it 35 years ago and uh, it's incredible uh, what she accomplished from starting from such small means but if you remember you and I went we popped in and then we we were so enthralled spent the day there we were planning on spending an hour and we spent the day and you know these precious girls were just so cute and loving and just wanted you know it, it was incredible so we went to we left and said God, what can we do and so we went to an electronics store and bought a couple of tvs came back and which probably lowered their reading score for the next <laughs> several years because we got these new big tvs for them probably did probably did but uh, i was invited to join the board not long after that and i've continued with it and so we do our administration of it out of miami and uh, we're down in, Hun in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, uh, at least once a year for a board meeting. Yeah, it's a phenomenal organization, and uh, I've been a part of it uh, for a long time as well. And there are not many organizations that I see that have a, a mission like theirs, which is not for adoption, but is to strengthen uh, the women of Honduras and to put more productive women within the country that are, that are doing positive things and doing it extremely well. We host a fundraiser here in New Orleans uh, every year for it. We had it a couple months ago, and uh, we'll do it again next uh, fall when it's a little cooler. Um, but, uh, yeah, we uh, so we're getting – we get a lot of donors from New Orleans that are supporting this uh, Honduran uh, uh, girls' home. And it's amazing the connection between Honduras and New Orleans. It's had long started a long, long time ago when they uh, – United Fruit Company. United Fruit Company with the banana plantations. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that has continued. It's one of the older Latino communities in the United States uh, outside of the Texas and L.A. area mm -hmm. is New Orleans because of that shipping route. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the largest Honduran population outside of Honduras wow. in the New Orleans area. And that's way before the current immigrant waves, uh, which have also strengthened. Yeah, because of those relationships between families who have come here from Honduras, you know, new families continue to come yeah, from Honduras. Yeah, set up the network's already there. They get work quicker in school and figure out how to make it through. And that's another organization that at its center uh, – 
has a religious aspect. It's it's Episcopalian, but it is Jesus, and those girls get confirmed, and they know their prayers, and they are pretty studious in how they attend church. Yeah, it's not a um, Episcopalian specific organization, but it was the woman who founded it is the wife of an Episcopal bishop, who, and it is certainly uh, supported, not sponsored, but supported by the Episcopal Church. So I'm of the 15 board members, we have three Roman Catholics. The remaining are uh, Episcopalians. And they did you like to call us Roman Catholics? They do. They call us Roman funny, Catholics. Uh, yes. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> so let's go a little bit into – now we have a good background. You're married, have two children, uh, four grandchildren, two uh, a son-in-law, a daughter-in-law. Uh, you have a big family on your wife's side. you our side, um, you went into the parking business way back when. For the glamour. For the glamour. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I sent you some glamour news stories yesterday. I don't know if you saw them where people were accidentally yes. uh, uh, tragically run over in parking mm-hmm. lots. It was awful. But you went into the parking business and then you worked for some pretty big companies. Where was your religious life weaving through that time? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Uh, I think it was pretty basic. You know, we were uh, transferring around the country a ton, having uh, children. Um, the kids were no matter where which city we were in. The kids were always in Catholic schools. Uh, we were transferred from. Interesting. All the moves I went through. Uh, we we. We moved from New Orleans to Louisville, Kentucky. My son was born in New Orleans. We moved to Louisville, Kentucky. We were transferred back to New Orleans. My daughter was born. Then Houston, Nashville, Cleveland, Chicago, back to New Orleans. Then Vancouver, back to New Orleans. So all those moves, both of my kids were born in New Orleans, and they both went to my old high school, That's, uh, that, which it, is amazing with it all is, those moves. because you did live in a lot of different cities early mm-hmm. in your career. Right. Which... Uh, I think you had to to be able to move up in that big corporate world like that. Yeah, and it uh, it worked out great. And you know, my wife Jane was the center who kept everything together while I was working. And even when I was working, I was traveling a ton, and uh, uh, she kept everything solid and together. We always joked. I worked. She made friends for us when I was. You know, we were moving around like that. Sure, and I'm sure being in those Catholic elementary schools. There were networks that were a lot easier to get into. No, absolutely. Those schools were terrific schools, and they were wonderful people, great teachers, great administrators, and it did it was made it uh, very easily to get to move into friendships and get involved in the schools and support the schools. I would imagine if you had gone there and gone a different route, other other type of schools, it, it would have been more difficult. Probably so. Yeah, they uh, certainly open their arms up for people coming into their communities. To anyone that's uh, certainly for the kids coming into the schools, they were uh, great about uh, welcoming the kids into the school. And but from a uh, from the parents, just developing relationships and sitting on parent boards and yeah, getting course. engaged in that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it made it certainly easier to do that. And everyone had the common theme of they were all Catholic. Yes. So yeah, I would imagine other religions uh, that would have offered the similar um, opportunities to network within that group just because you already have one commonality. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to church on Sunday with their families, especially mm-hmm. if they're in schools. Um, when we were at De La Salle, um, I, I, I think the religious aspect of the school was not as uh, focused as it is today. Oh, 100%. We talk about that a lot. Back when we were there, they never talked about the Lasallian mission. We didn't have an idea what the Lasallian mission was. I think the brothers led by example. You know, we saw them and, uh, you know, from a religious aspect, but there wasn't, it wasn't taught like it is today throughout. I, I think that I don't think that's specific to the Christian brothers. I think that's throughout uh, the Catholic Church. I think they're more about you know wh- which each organization represents and what they do. And certainly, uh, uh, with the Christian brothers here in New Orleans with De La Salle, they uh, 
you know, their mission is very clear on what they're trying to do, and equality is one, and openness is one, and inclusion is another, and they do a, a great job of those kind of things. Some of the things the boards I've been on kind of blend. One of them is Liberty's Kitchen, and Liberty's Kitchen here in New Orleans uh, is an organization that takes people who have kids, 18 to 22 or so, that have had uh, problems typically with the law or just in trouble getting careers going, getting jobs. Once you get in that trouble, it's very easy to get into that cycle of not being productive and falling back into your old ways. So Liberty's Kitchen takes, it basically teaches uh, people the restaurant business. So they go through a 14-week program. We have a, a place over on Broad Street next to Whole Foods. And they go through 14 weeks. They come out. They can chop vegetables. They know how to work in a kitchen. They know they need to be there on time. They have to That's the uniform. most important thing. I remember looking at Liberty's Kitchen and Cafe Reconcile way back when. And uh, I, I had brought up the idea of what's the success rate of the kids that are coming through? And someone pointed out and said, you really, that's not the measurement. And I said, why not? And they said, well, the measurement is a lot of these kids have never had to be somewhere at a certain time for a job and be presentable. And the mission is it really doesn't matter whether they do 10 or 50 uh, that get jobs at restaurants and you know lead productive lives that's probably two steps after where where this is it the mission is training someone to be to work on time to be dressed properly to learn how to address their uh, superiors if they're not going to come in if they're sick that to call in for that and so to we are responsible we had to readjust our program so that 14 week program we had to come in and uh, say, you know what, the first two weeks is just teaching life skills. Because we were because of the problems we were having with some of the kids, not they just hadn't been taught that. So the first two weeks is about opening up a bank account. Uh, because we're paying the kids. They're getting a stipend while they're there. Uh, uh, transportation. You know, how do they get there? How to plan that out, how to get it. But also the things that you mentioned, that you have to be here on time. When you're here, you, what your uniform looks like. I took it a step beyond that. On those life skills, yeah. How do you get there on time? Right. Uh, and do you have a? And sometimes it's helping them find a suitable place to live too. They're not. They don't always have that. So yeah, the first two weeks is just life skills, and our success rate went up dramatically. We uh, we have a hundred uh, kids go through that program annually now. It 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 goes back to uh, what Delisal really gave to us was that. Uh, seeing people from different groups mm-hmm. all come together yeah. uh, and having a, that exposure. A lot of those kids don't even know someone, a man, that works nine to five. Right. And some of the restaurants, you mentioned Dickie. I mean, Dickie Brennan's. I mean, we Dickie takes a number of our kids every year uh, in his restaurants. So the restaurants have been, well, number one, they're looking for good people. Right, so they need qualified people in the kitchen, but they've been very open to this and all the uh, and steady and steady. That's right. Wow, and in New Orleans, you know, if, when you travel, you, we think New Orleans is more about food. Most people think of New Orleans more about music, right? Uh, jazz, you know, right? Think New Orleans for food and, is that jazz? Yeah, <laughs> jazz, jazz. But food is the food service has got to be one of the economic backbones of our city. Well, tourism in general, and I think it would fall into that category, hotels, restaurants. Uh. And there's always, always a need for folks uh, working at the restaurants. I see signs up all the time, help wanted, help wanted. And I've seen restaurants actually contract their hours mm-hmm. because of labor. Absolutely. most I would say most of the quality restaurants in the city don't open for lunch these days, or if they do, they open on Fridays for lunch, and not like you know the old days when the... Uh, Top restaurants are open seven days a week. Well, we'll go right into since uh, we'll segue into our food section. Uh, <laughs> it's a good segue. Um, and again, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, brought to you uh, by Catholic Community Media. And today we have my brother Herb Anderson, Del Sal, 70, 76, uh, and uh, talking to him about some of his parking career, but more of 
the work he has done on the philanthropic side of the community, helping others get up to a better place, as people have done for us and created the opportunities. I'd say the biggest thing for us, and we'll go right back into food, is the sacrifice our parents made to send us to Del Sal. That's right. Yeah, it was not a easy decision for them, <clears throat> but it had a huge impact. Oh, I think we had to give up the horses and the boats and uh, to make the tuition. Uh, <laughs> but thank goodness that happened. Uh, I don't think either one of us would be uh, have had the opportunities to be where we are today had we not gone to Dallas Al. Agree. Maybe we still have business connections at, through Dallas Al. That's right. Um, so it does offer. So if you're out there and you uh, are thinking, how can you help kids in the city? One of the best ways to do it is donate to your local Catholic school and high school in particular. Uh, you have one near you, so uh, find it, participate, and donate. To and it. it is interesting as you go around the country. Uh, most cities, uh, most cities the size of New Orleans, would have maybe one Catholic high school in the city. Well, maybe Baton Rouge. two. Baton Rouge has what one, two, maybe. I think one uh, Catholic high. Well, no, there's uh, there's another uh, uh, where my niece went. Um, yeah, was it girls? But, uh, no, it was Coen St. Michael's. Uh, yeah, and uh, but most Catholic, and so as uh, in dealing with the Christian brothers and the twenty-four schools they have, you know, usually they would be, you know, they'd have the the whatever the Christian brothers school is called in that city, uh, in Santa Fe, for instance, where I sit on the board at St. Uh, St. Michael's there, and there's one other Catholic high school, and so when they're looking at, you know getting kids that are going to Catholic schools, they're competing against one other school. New Orleans, you know, I think the number is 18 Catholic high schools. I think that's what it is. Uh, but we have such a large Catholic community uh, in New Orleans compared to uh, other markets. But still, it's it's pretty amazing how uh, how many Catholic schools we have in New Orleans. They, they have done well, and they have produced really the – backbone of the management of the economic pie of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And certainly and judicial and uh, business, banking, every mm -hmm. every sector you will find a lot of graduates from Catholic high schools. Absolutely. And I'd say the uh, the other private schools have done very well and the public schools over particularly uh, over the last uh, 15 years have just uh, really done so well. Um, they've created competition. They really have, and so you can get a the good quality school. education. Yeah. And you know the charter schools have done extremely, extremely well, yeah. which is great for the city. Absolutely, right? It, that's, that becomes, you know, quality education is the backbone of a healthy city or country or country. That's right. You are a member of Holy Name Parish. We go to St. Francis. Oh, we go to St. Francis. Uh, where I graduated from high uh, elementary school, uh, but I actually go to Holy Name, and uh, I went to St. Francis for a little while when we lived over in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, Father Michael just retired over there. Uh, do you remember Father Crotty? I do. You remember Father Crotty? Yeah. Very well. Uh, he he called me into his office one time and scolded me uh, for something, but he had just come over and he had such an Irish brogue. I had no idea what he was talking about. I just said, yeah, yes, Father, yes, Father. Uh, I'm sorry, Father. I'm sorry. And sent me on my way. And uh, years later, we reconnected. And uh, he obviously didn't remember that situation, but we laughed and toasted uh, good Irish whiskey over it. Mm. Yeah. He was uh, very good friends with our uh, mutual friend, uh, the late uh, Senator John Hankel. Oh, yeah. They were very, very close. They were buds. Yeah, they definitely. And they were certainly, you could see those two. <laughs> hanging out pretty well together. Uh, they both liked a good Irish whiskey and liked to laugh. They did. Nice combination. I try to resemble that remark, a nice <laughs> Irish whiskey and, and laugh. But going back to the food, mm -hmm. uh, you are a purveyor of a lot of restaurants in town. Um, what's your favorite? So uh, a good friend of mine, uh, the late Jimmy Baldwin, it was one of his favorite questions to ask people, what are your favorite three restaurants in the city? And, you know, they would, depending on the time, they'd change, right, depending on what was going on and new restaurants popping up. And so I've always, 
kept that in my mind. Of, uh, and I, I asked that question now, thinking of Jimmy. Um, but I go to the my three favorites. Um, I still go, it's Commanders, mm-hmm. uh, Galatoires, and Clancy's. And those three, I just, I mean, other ones I love and go to. And It's uh, one of the problems in New Orleans. It's so easy to go to your favorite restaurants and you know exactly what you want and they do it exactly how you like it. You try a new restaurant and you always, uh, not always, but often regret not going to your favorite. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans, people live in New Orleans and Mattery and the whole surrounding New Orleans parishes. You won't, it's seldom that you're going to go outside of your five minute area mm-hmm. to go to a restaurant. You know, we went uh, recently to uh, College Inn, and oh my God, you know, it had been a bit when I've been there, and I forgot just how wonderful. I mean, we have so many great restaurants, but that one brings back so many memories of going to the old one with our father. Yes. And then, you know, going to the new one, and uh, it's just that we go periodically, but it had been a while to go to uh, Yale College Inn. It was, uh, it's a, in my opinion, they have the best dessert. In the city of New Orleans, mm. their white chocolate bread pudding. Mm. Uh, it's um, I'd stand it to Commander's uh, bread pudding souffle. Mm. Uh, it is, in my opinion, the best dessert in town. Well, they had a veal dish that I got uh, that I was. Uh, it came out and it was so large. A I pane thought well, veal? the pane veal. I was only going to ha- do half of it, and I figure I'd. Uh, Either take the other half home. The other, it didn't make it. I ate the whole thing. I couldn't believe it. It was wonderful. Favorite dish at Clancy's? Uh, has to be the veal. Really? Yeah. Now my wife, the crab salad. Oh yeah. She just dies for the crab I, salad. I, I'm in agreement with the crab salad with the horseradish dressing, mm. not the other dressing. Mm. And something I had not too long ago, which I'd never had at Clancy's. Was the soft shell crab? Oh, I the love smoked it. soft. Now, if you ask me, Galatoire's, it's the soft shell crab. Um, but my my real favorite dish at Clancy's, I think, might be the peppermint ice cream with the chocolate sauce. That's, fortunately, <laughs> I can steer away from ice cream. I'm not as not I'm, one of my things. I'm not a dessert person anymore. I used to be for many years. I'm not, but that one would still draw me back. Yeah, and I believe they make it themselves. They do. I remember one time I, I lived just a couple blocks from there, and I was I was their banker at the time, and I called Brad. I had had some sort of surgery. I was home, and Brad uh, sent my food home. It was, <laughs> it was before delivery, uh, digital delivery, but he uh, he said, "David, you're my first delivery." And <laughs> probably my last. Uh, but it was so nice. I was home. I was sick. And to get some food from Clancy's delivered, mm. oh, it was, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to beat. Jane and I were out, this was years ago, Jane and I were out for dinner, and uh, we were going to get dessert. And I said, you know what, let's close up here and go to Clancy's. And went to the bar and got the peppermint ice cream sitting at the bar. That's often what you uh, and I do. We'll just go, uh, my favorite is we jump on the scooter and go drive to one of the restaurants and sit at the bar and have dinner. Uh, it's easy. You don't have to wait for a table. Well, you and I did that once for uh, on after scooter? Mardi Gras on your scooter, <laughs> except we were looking dogs. for a corn dog for during Mardi Gras. And we ended up having to go all the way downtown. We went all the way downtown because the ones that, the one on Napoleon and St. Charles had closed right, up for the right, evening, right. and we kept going and going. And it was such a disappointing corn dog. It was not a good one. No, it That's was horrible. Right. I just got great, uh, great. I'm sure, I'm sure we, we we were quite a sight too, driving down on your scooter with two corn dogs in our hand. Um, wow, that's not a good image, <laughs> uh, especially on Catholic radio. But uh, anyway. I just got invited to uh, Liz's house, who lives three blocks off of uh, St. Charles, and she has a parade party when she was in here the other day. We were interviewing. I said, you know, we go to parade every night. And uh, she said, well, we have a f- open house every night. Said, and she said, you're welcome to come every night. <laughs> I said, uh, my, we'll bring this back to my daughter. Her little crew from Dominican meets up at uh, like Washington and, and St. Charles. That's their, one of their dads have an office right there. So that's their rendezvous point. So that'll be perfect. 
uh, it was all, she almost gave her address out and invited the city <laughs> of New Orleans to come. But uh, I'm looking forward to Mardi Gras uh, with a new spot to go to. Uh, spots evolve. You know, sometimes for several years you'll go to one spot and it's the best spot in the world. And for whatever reason, you end up making another spot. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have been at on Magazine for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Charles by St. Stephen's for right. a long time, uh, which is always easier to catch the parades on the front end rather than wait to get all the way to the Garden District, particularly the night parades. Mm-hmm. But I, I do look forward. I was glad for the invitation. Uh, let's go back to, and I'll quickly say this is David Anderson, host of uh, Cross Training. Uh, I think I almost said horse training. Uh, <laughs> We are on Catholic Radio, Catholic Community Radio, and we have Maura Lindsay working the switches and Jeff Blackwell doing the polishing to make us sound good. And if you have any interest in Catholic Radio, go to Catholic Catholic Community Media uh, and on the Internet. Look us up. There are a lot of programming that you can listen to anytime. And if you want to make a donation, this is a not-for-profit station only to get the word of Jesus out. That's the sole mission uh, with a Catholic uh, perspective. So if you have any inclination at all and want to help, it's available. I'm sure there's a donate button real quick on Catholic Community Media. So going back to St. Francis. um, St. Francis is doing really, really well. St. Francis of Assisi on uh, State Street. I was over there, uh, we were doing the, the walk through all the different churches, and uh, there would happen to be a mass going when we were going, I was surprised. I think it was a Saturday afternoon mass, and it was packed. It was so nice to see. A lot of young families there. Yeah, that's it's exactly uh, what was going on. Very healthy. They have a new priest over there. Uh, I saw when I was doing an interview, the priest I was interviewing with um, – was retiring. Father Michael's just retiring. Yeah, he was great. He's a wonderful guy. He really, it was the first time I had met him, and he was really... Uh, He's a super guy. He was actually the chaplain at Del Salle for a very long time. Really? And, uh, yeah, and Father Michael's a great guy. He's still, uh, in retirement, will be doing uh, masses where they need him around the city, uh, substitute. That well, I'm sure there's a lot of feeling. I know the uh, seminary seems to uh, be doing pretty well. They have a lot of kids and uh, young men over there. Um, so hopefully, but there was a dip for a good while. I think Pope Francis has attracted a lot of kids, uh, young men, to the seminary. And uh, I yeah. see it's full. And I think, yeah, I think it's you know challenging for all the orders, uh, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I've seen what you uh, are saying with the seminary, and I know the Christian Brothers just uh, did two young um, uh, man into the brothers uh, just recently here. Uh, one was a teacher at Del Sal and decided to uh, join the brothers. And do they go to the seminary at all? No, no. The uh, Christian brothers have the their house. own in Chicago. So for the U.S., they all go to Chicago and then they come back into their various uh, district and then school. And or two, have they had any join in a, in, in a while? Or is it? Oh no, they continue every year. They have. Uh, uh, groups. I don't know how many it is for the country, but it's not. You know, it's probably thirty or so for the country. So that's not a lot. And so our district, as I said, goes from uh, San Francisco to New Orleans. Probably gets four or five every year of new ones. But the average age of the Christian Brothers in the U.S. is uh, seventy-two. Wow, it's over by um, uh, the. Uh what is the convent? Uh, the Poor Clares on mm-hmm. magazine, Henry Clay. And I think they only have four sisters left. Mm-hmm. And they appear to all be above 80. If I'm offending any of them, I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, if you remember, our grandmother used to take us to Mass there yes. occasionally. And um, probably seven, eight years ago, uh, my wife and I went to Mass there. And uh, it brought back a flood of memories. But it's such a beautiful little chapel. That's where Blake was baptized. Oh. And, uh, awesome, Blake. And it was fun. And I, I like to go every now and then go to a mass. I, uh, I really think uh, the sisters ought to consider turning their convent into a 
a retreat house like Manresa. Mm-hmm. Called it La Risa. <laughs> it's a great idea. And uh, that way their legacy and mission could live on. Because uh, it, it probably one of the most desirable locations oh my goodness. in the city of New Orleans. And it's got a beautiful wall and beautiful buildings and grounds to build new stuff on. Mm-hmm. And it's just a real oasis in the middle of the city. You mentioned Manresa. Have you ever been? To I've never been to Manresa. So I go uh, every year with a group that uh, that I went to Del Sal with. There are uh, seven or eight of us, uh, and they have a hundred uh, men that go every uh, weekend. And so different sessions. They have different groups. And uh, Michael Korn, as you know, his, he's our captain of our group this year, and Steve Gordon, who you know as well, is one of the captains as well. And so, uh, but my group, uh, they have all guys that I literally graduated from high school with right. Mike LaCorn, Mark Brown, wow. Rob Hike, uh, 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 Stuart Douglas, Chris Hackenjoss used to be in and he passed away, unfortunately. But we've got a, a yeah, very large. What's that like going up there I, I, with people that you've known most of your life? Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting because you, fir- you go up on a Thursday and that Thursday early evening they have a little cocktail party and uh you know everybody gets to reacquainted and um and then you go they to, are jesuits yeah it's run by the jesuits absolutely and they do a wonderful job i mean i just can't speak highly enough about Manresa. and then uh we have a meal and then after that meal um it's uh silence so it's silence from the meal on uh Friday evening through uh, Sunday uh, till about two o'clock. So uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it goes through lunch on Sunday, and so after lunch we can talk. So, but uh, it's mass every day. It's lectures. It's uh, <clears throat> they they they. It's a one. We probably have seven or eight uh, lectures a day that you go through, and uh, but it's all silence from our part. And then you, there's plenty of reflection time, and time. The, the grounds are spectacular. I mean, just so they're just lovely. I mean, just oak, big oak trees, acres and acres, and it's right on the uh, Mississippi River in Convent, Louisiana. So you can go up on the levee if you want and walk on the levee. And uh, but it's a it, every time I go, it reminds me of how much I appreciate it. I've been to um, the Abbey, St. Ben's. Uh, where they have solo retreats. And I've been over there a couple times, and I, I, I just love it. The first time, I didn't know it was a silent retreat. <laughs> so after the third person who I thought was dissing me, uh, uh, I figured out on my own uh, skill set that, hey, I don't think these, I think these guys are... are, are, are not speaking to me, not because they don't like me around, but that's their mission here. And uh, I was the only person that was on retreat there at the moment. Hmm. So uh, it is interesting going through the silent part because you know it's not something we're used to because we still go have meals together. So it's a and you sit in the same spot every uh, every meal time, every lecture, everything. And so where I'm at a table, it's a room for with a hundred men and. Our table is just our group, the one I described, and so we're sitting at a table having three meals a day, but not, you know, even making eye contact. Really, it's really you're supposed to be inwardly focused and, um, and you know, take it seriously. Uh, and there was one one year a moderator was asking us not even to uh, make eye contact in the hallways, or you know, not even you know, don't open the door for anyone. I thought that was a little, that you know that one was uh, took it to maybe a little extreme, but uh, but the idea is to be inwardly focused and reflect and take notes when you're there so you can come back to them and it's it's a very moving experience. I do a couple groups with uh, different folks. One of the groups we we leave we we stay together for about an hour and a half on the evening. In, a, in an adoration chapel. And when we leave, generally, my nature is, you know, we talk and 
you know, hey, all right, how you doing? See you later. And um, we leave this and we don't speak. And we're asked to up front. And in the beginning, I was like, ah, why, why would we do that? But after the first moment of leaving, just contemplating what had just transpired and what went down, and it was really, uh, I was so glad I didn't ask a question about that or do it because it, it just made so much sense. Mm-hmm. As soon as I left, it was just like, um, okay. I understand why we do that. Um, well, it's interesting, man. Reese has gone on for so long. That, uh, my wife's father used to go oh, years wow. ago. And so there's the, these books of all the names of the people who go every year. And uh, so I was able to pull out the books from you know back in the early 60s and uh, mid-60s when he was going. And yeah. so when uh, Deacon Richard Eason, who I'm in two groups with, uh, that was his um, mandate. He said, you know, just – he even looked at me when he said because I'm a talker, obviously. And he said, um, just, you know, go with it. All right. And I was so it, – it was, it was impactful in a way I hadn't anticipated, uh, just to be that reflective and think about it. And having the whole weekend like that is really nice. Well, particularly turning off the phone – uh, and not being in touch with uh, <clears throat> your daily lives, but uh, that's a tough one for me to turn the phone off. Yeah, I mean they don't require it. They a lot you can if you go back in your room you can check, but they don't want you on the phone. They 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 recommend. There's nothing that's required. They recommend gotcha. that you turn things off and you do it. Uh, I can say I'm not. I, I I turn things off, but I can't say I don't go look to keep. Because I'm running a business, so right. you know I have to go check and make sure nothing blew up while I a car didn't drive off a parking garage or from right. the fourth floor or right. anything that has never happened. I'm right. sure. When you sent all your kids to Catholic schools, now your grandchildren are in Catholic schools. Yes, uh, that's got to be kind of exciting. It is to see those coming through the same. Yeah, trails. it is, and to you know to go. We just had a baptism uh, recently for my uh, youngest grandson, um, and uh, that was exciting and thrilling, and to see that uh, happen. Where did they do Mata del Rosa? And uh, so it was. Uh, yeah, to see those things uh, continue. It's uh, my younger two are at the. Um, um, Mount Carmel has a little uh, cub corner. So my uh, since my daughter works in our business and uh, runs our HR for the whole company, and my son does the Florida for us for the company. Uh, but my daughter's kids are there while she's uh, at working. Mount Carmel. At Mount Carmel, Cubs Corner is yeah. it cute as can be. It is. I picked them up a few times there, and it is uh, it's pretty cute. When you. When you um, when you see your kids coming through, the grandchildren, I mean, coming mm-hmm. through, where do you expect them to go to high school? <laughs> Most important question. Right. So no pressure on them at all when it comes to that. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it up. I think. Uh, well, I, my my oldest. Uh, I'm sure they're recruiting. Well, my grand, already. Well, my granddaughter, who is at, my oldest granddaughter, who's going into second grade, as uh, I was asking her that question the other day, and she said she wants to follow your daughter, Christine, at Dominican. At Dominican. No. She, nice. said, uh, she said, nice. "I'm going wherever Christine's going." Today was her first day of school at Dominican mm. uh, for the tenth grade. It was exciting. Go mm-hmm. bring her, and she was. She said, "Daddy." I feel kind of nervous. It, I don't know why. It's not like I haven't been at school for this is my third year here. Uh, so I just I feel like almost like a new student going to school. I'm kind of nervous. I said that's cute. Uh, dropped her off. All the girls they have new regulations. Their skirts have to be a little bit longer. And mm. there, you can imagine uh, <laughs> how well they went. They have all sorts of opportunities to roll them. You know, we can go in, and then you roll them and. Get your extra inch uh, <laughs> off of your knee. Uh, it's cute to watch all of that. And 
the enthusiasm that they have at these schools are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does uh, bring back. I, I think when we were in school in the 70s, there was a drift away from uh, the religious side of the school as well as uh, the enthusiasm side. Yeah, I think – so you were uh, three years behind me. 79. And so I think uh, you know that whole was a turbulent era, era for uh, going on in the country. Right. And, so, and it's funny. I've had conversations because my class at De La Salle was still – we still get together – I mean, we have uh, reun- we have lunches during Christmas every year where we'll get uh, you know sixty guys that are there, and so it's still. And then we still ride in Mardi Gras parades together, and we still see each other a lot, and still socialize a tremendous amount. Funny, you know, we all have that conversation where you know it, New Orleans is where'd you go to high school, not right. where'd you go to college, um, and so we still do that. But I think there was a waning of that. And I think a lot of the Catholic schools saw that uh, in the later 70s and early 80s. It's nice to see the resurgence Absolutely. Of, of enthusiasm for their schools. Yeah. And, uh, you see it. Um, maybe I'm exposed to it a little more because I have a kid in high school. Right. But uh, it is fun to see. Well, two things I'd like to leave uh, our listeners with is one that uh, – my much older brother here, uh, <laughs> who I think is only what two, two years, two years. But uh, I'm in January and he's in November, so the ages uh, seem <laughs> seem longer. And and most people think he's uh, much much older than I. Am. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel bad for him for that. And we're on radio, <laughs> so I can say this and get away with it. Uh, you know, I've had many people ask you, "Is he your younger brother?" I said. Uh, no, 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 no. He's my <laughs> older brother. But I would like to, you to come see me read uh, over at Holy Name. I've been trying to get you to do that. You have, and I'd love to do that. And I'm still at the fear factor. I don't even look up when I'm reading. <laughs> it's, it's too frightening that I'm waiting for uh, someone to just stand up and say, yeah, you can't say that, you hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> But uh, someone told me, he said, uh, everyone can be can be said of that. It's getting up and doing it. Hmm. So um, I do want to thank you for coming on. I know you're very, very busy. You run a business. You're on all these boards, grandchildren. Day's pretty hectic. Uh, so thank you for coming on. And I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing the Herb Anderson story and how he came around. He was a state champion wrestler, uh, sophomore third place junior second place seniors and that's the uh argument i think will circle all the way back to uh going on the wall the high school uh well there are a lot of great uh, great athletes on that wall a lot of great coaches uh referees and referees our friend matt yeah, bear matt bear's father uh, yeah is, is up there yeah well we end our show her we, we say the hail mary and then we say goodbye so if you don't mind leading us mm. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.